Welcome everyone to Couch Potato Diary, coming to you from the Clearwater Cleaning Solutions Broadcast Studio, your one-stop commercial and residential cleaning company based out of Calgary, with a fantastic team, ready to make your life simpler and easier by fulfilling all of your cleaning needs. Check them out online, clearwatercleaningsolutions.com. You can find me online, social media, Twitter, and Instagram. I'm at primetimekline, twitch.tv slash primetimepk. You can email the show, couchpotatodiary, at yahoo.com. Coming up on the show today, um, I've been a little under the weather over the last couple of days. Seems like we are back above the weather now. Uh, so we are going to look at uh, the questions coming out of NFL weekend. Questions around a major contract handed out in the Canadian Football League and some, I don't want to say questions, but a bit of, huh, when it comes to the Calgary Flames. And of course, we'll close today with today's ticket. So thank you all so much for tuning in today. By the way, today's ticket presented by Betstamp, uh, the Trivago of sports gambling. Download the app, use the referral code COACH to let them know that I sent you. Um, you get to see all the different... Um, you see all the different lines for all the different games, what all the different sports books are saying about it. Tremendous resource, could not recommend it enough. When you download the app, use the referral code COACH. So let's get into it. Hi, I'm Kim Carson. And I'm Peter Klein, and this is We Had No Idea. A podcast about world events that you know about. But might have fallen asleep for during history class. Or social studies, however you learned history in high school. Each week we'll do a deep dive into important topics throughout history. So whether you already know everything or feel like you need a top up on some history, we'll be here for you. Listen to us each week wherever you get your podcasts. Woo! All right, let's start with the National Football League. And uh, I think a lot of the questions this week, or at least at the beginning part of this week, aren't about who's left, but who's gone. And we will start with the Buffalo Bills as they get eliminated by the Cincinnati Bengals. And this has been an issue now for years. Not just days, not just weeks, not just months, years with the Buffalo Bills. They have built a phenomenal team for Atlanta or for Florida or any place that has a dome. They have not constructed a team that plays well in New York in January. So unless they are going to strategically suck just enough so that they can play road games in the playoffs, this is something that has to be addressed. They looked like they'd never seen snow before. They were walking around on the uh, uh, on the snow in Buffalo with the same delicacy that I do uh, when I'm walking down the hill that I live on and it's recently snowed and there's a bit of ice on it. There was no traction, there was no grip, and they just, like, they, they looked so uncomfortable out there and then used the same game plan they always do. Well, let's just keep throwing the ball downfield, let's just keep doing what we're doing, even though our guys are essentially aggressively walking out there. It looked so concerning and I understand um there's a great discussion about this on a podcast a couple of weeks ago with Ryan Rossillo and Jeff Van Gundy about how like we in the media we criticize coaches oh you should have done adjustments well what adjustment like how how did one coach out coach another I don't know and so in the media we can do a um bit of a rough job with I think kind of isolating where coaching matchups are won and lost. This one though, it seemed pretty clear. One team looked like they'd seen snow before and one team looked completely lost in the elements. And the weird thing is the team that was lost in the elements was at home. You know, like you think of those AFC North battles that kind of dominated the last decade on television and is the reason why Baltimore against Cincinnati was in prime time um, last weekend. Baltimore, Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, those teams knew what the elements were going to be like in December, January, and God willing, February. They knew what 
it was going to take for them to be successful, not only in um, September, October, November, but when it got ugly, when it got to winning time, they knew what it was going to take. This Buffalo Bills team doesn't got it. Um, I think there's a lot of criticism on Josh Allen today, uh, this week, and I think rightfully so. Um, I was someone who has had this team in the upper echelon of the, the NFL all season. I thought they were in that top tier. That did not look like a top tier team last weekend. And it's a little concerning now because now from a Buffalo standpoint, what do you do, right? Like you brought in Von Miller to kind of shore up that passing, uh, that pass rush. You draft a running back, you go out and trade for a running back. It looks like you are addressing some of the needs that you have. And now it seems like another team has passed you. So Buffalo, I don't know what the answer, the answer probably is a couple of tweaks and come back with one of the five best quarterbacks in the NFL. But that's a little bit different than where you thought you were last year when you were making a couple of tweaks and coming back with like one of the top two quarterbacks in the NFL. Speaking of the quarterback position, there's a lot of questions around Dak Prescott. And for a long time, I, I have thought that some of the criticism on Dak Prescott is a little unwarranted and some of it this week still has been but I go back to the discussion with Daniel Jeremiah and with Bucky Brooks are you a truck or are you a trailer and I think it's pretty clear that Dak Prescott is a trailer getting paid like a truck and that becomes a problem when it gets to roster construction and it becomes a problem when you have a running back in Zeke Elliott who is starting to fall off a little bit and Tony Pollard is I think better than Ezekiel Elliott at this point he is not transformational to an offense though and that's kind of what you had when you had Ezekiel Elliott and some of the other offensive weapons that Dak Prescott had to throw to you need someone who I think is going to make life a little bit easier for Dak Prescott on like third and eight, you know, like you need a, a bit more of a reliable pass catching option for Dak. The defense I think is figured out. The offensive line for the most part, I think is figured out. Zeke probably has played his last snap as a center. Um, but I, I think that a lot of the questions around this team and around Dak Prescott are warranted. I still think Mike McCarthy um, is doing more harm than good to this team. It's tough to fire a coach after going to the divisional round and losing uh, by one score to a team that has a very realistic shot of winning the Super Bowl. But I don't think that Mike McCarthy is putting Dak Prescott in the best position to win. I think Sean Payton would get a whole lot closer to that. Like, uh, the, the fact that um, the, the, the prettiest girl in the bar is out there and making eyes at him, and they're still, ah, you know what? No, let's not. Let's just, let's stick with what we got here. Um, that's where that analogy falls apart, because if you just, you know, be kind of seedy if you did that at a bar. But from a, a coaching standpoint in the NFL, it's not like Jerry Jones is losing money or lacking for money. This should be a layup for them. Go get the best coach that's been available over the last, like, five years and really give her. I, I don't understand it. Um, y'all still have, y'all still high on the Giants? Because look, and look, I bought in a little bit too. Like that was impressive. It was against Minnesota and that bad defense. But some people say like, oh, there's no way. Like, look, that great pass rush, Minnesota. Yeah, but look at what the, the, the defense was able to step up, Minnesota. Um, yeah, but look what they were able to do on offense. It was against Minnesota. You put them against a, all, all due respect to Minnesota, which is minimal. 
You put them up against a real team, and that's what's going to happen. I think that showed how far away this Giants team is. And I was slow on the, 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 the pickup for the Giants, but you look at how mid the NFL was this year and that NFC playoff race competing with the likes of Seattle and Detroit um, for that last playoff spot and, and a Green Bay team. Like, fun stories. Love what Seattle was able to do. Love what Detroit was able to do. We, we are big fans of both of those franchises and what they were able to accomplish this year. That doesn't mean that being the best of those teams automatically makes you a team that can go to the NFC Championship game. And now I, I think this was kind of an awakening that this was very much the ceiling with this group. It's a difficult conversation to have in the offseason with a quarterback who got you to a point that was far beyond anything you thought possible this year, but I do think that there is a very, very limited ceiling on what Daniel Jones can do, and I think we saw it. I think that the the, the whole retool that was going to happen with the Giants this offseason kind of needs to happen anyway with the Giants this offseason. Um, the Cincinnati Bengals are for real. I... I have kind of fought against, I don't even want to say fought against, but I have been a little bit slow in, in picking up the Bengals and putting them in that top tier in the NFL. They just do everything really well. And part of it, like, I'm, I've, I wasn't sold on the coach. It's funny that now all of a sudden it's just, well, they've won a bunch, so it must be a great coach. Sure, uh, probably. Yeah, like, I, I think most of this is the fact that you have generational talent at uh, a quarterback, which Joe Burrow definitely is, uh, generational talent at a wide receiver position as well. It helps. You know, like, th th this is a, a well-constructed roster, but this is a team that's about to play in their second straight AFC Championship game after going to the Super Bowl last year. So it's tough for me to be like, ah, the coach isn't all that good. Again, would Sean Payton get this team further? Probably. That's a weird judge. That's most teams. Um, Sean Payton's a quality head coach in the NFL. But... I, I need to be much more on board with the Cincinnati Bengals than I have been. They have a very realistic shot of beating the Kansas City Chiefs this upcoming weekend. We will get more into the game previews coming up a little bit later on. That's it for the National Football League. Let's go into the Canadian Football League for a quick second. Um, Bo Levi Mitchell has officially signed with the Hamilton Tiger Cats. It is a three-year contract that will pay him over $500,000 per season. This was kind of obvious. Um, I never thought he was going to Saskatchewan. Just having conversations with him in the past. I haven't talked to him in a couple of years. Um, but just having conversations with him in the past. That that rivalry of him against Saskatchewan, that was real, man. Um, at least on his side it was. And that, I'm, I'm sure there was a dollar figure that, that the, those hard feelings could have gone away. But I, just in, in conversations I have had with him, I could never picture that guy wearing that jersey in that city for that team. I just couldn't see it. So this was the, the obvious answer for Bo. For Hamilton, I think one thing we need to, to ask ourselves, and I get there was a lot of hype, and look, Bo Levi Mitchell is one of the great quarterbacks of this generation, probably the great quarterback of like the post Ricky Ray, Anthony Calvillo era, right? Um, I get there's some overlap there for sure, but of, of this era of the Canadian Football League, Bo is the standard holder. He is the, the, the golden boy. He is everything that the Calgary Stampeders wanted. There, there should be video tributes galore um, uh, around Bo Levi Mitchell. He was able to lead a dominant era of Calgary Stampeder football. Are we sure he's any good anymore? Because I like he lost his job last year. And not for you could 
if someone wants to tell you, oh, he was banged up, I don't know, probably he ain't getting less banged up. I will put it that way. Um, and that's no inside, oh, I've talked to him. I, again, haven't talked to the guy in a couple of years. But I'm just saying, like, he, he is at a point now where he's not just bouncing back from shit. And while, again, I respect what he was able to accomplish, he lost his job for performance reasons. And when he came back in that game against the BC Lions where they were getting the shit kicked out of him and he was able to actually string some drives together, that was not because, I don't believe, it was because of the greatness of Bo Levi Mitchell, that was because of the back-offedness of the BC Lions. Like, I think the Lions played way off and just, he took what the defense gave him. Which is great. For sure do that. But that doesn't mean you're a $500,000 quarterback into your mid-30s. I think this is a desperation move from Hamilton like two years too late. Um, I think they see how teams have kind of passed them. I think they have seen how Toronto certainly has passed them. Um, how Montreal, uh, I think, quarterback away from passing them. Uh, <laughs> I'm still not a Harris guy. But... I, I think you see how these teams in the East have kind of passed Hamilton by, and it seems like that window has kind of closed. I don't think paying Bo Levi Mitchell $500,000 all of a sudden props it open. Um, quite frankly, to be perfectly honest, I think it just locks that window. Um, I, I think this is a wild overpay. It The hype videos are cool and all of that stuff. And look, I will gladly eat crow. I I, I think the, the league is more fun when Bo Levi Mitchell is in it and playing well, but man, oh man, that is not a gamble I would take if it was my money. As far as what this means for Dane Evans, now I do believe that him going to Saskatchewan makes a lot of sense. Um, th there's a lot up in the air right now in the quarterback spot. Um, <laughs> oddly enough, one of the teams that's locked in is the, the team who just lost their starter with Nathan Rourke, because uh, Nathan Rourke, sorry, because Vernon Adams can just slip right in there. But Saskatchewan, I think, is going to be very aggressive now in the pursuit of Dane Evans. Um, Cody Fajardo wasn't the problem in Saskatchewan, but he was a big problem in Saskatchewan. Um, and I, I think Dane Evans is going to come in and they're going to attempt anyway to solidify the quarterback position there. So, an interesting offseason in the Canadian Football League begins, and um, get your programs ready at the, the start of next season, because I think there's going to be a lot of turnover, as there always is, in the Canadian Football League. that you hear on Couch Potato Diary is provided by Wasted Talent. You can find them on Instagram at Wasted Talent with X's where the A's would be and you can find their producer on Instagram at Tommy Fresh Music. So the Calgary Flames welcomed Johnny Goudreau back to Scotiabank Saddledome in a return that was met kind of appropriately, right? Like, as far as I've heard and or seen, it doesn't seem like anyone's been super shitty about it. Uh, it seems like it was mainly just a whole lot of booing and then a, a bunch of cheering when they played the video and then a whole lot of booing again. Um, which is fine, right? Like, th that is, you're right, we were told for a long time, no, I love it in Calgary, but I mean, Columbus. Uh, have you seen the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? It's kind of close to there. So, all due respect to Columbus, I've heard it's lovely there. But, like, from a Flames fan standpoint, all, all those reactions I think are valid. We've legislated that fandom to death. The thing that was noteworthy from that game last night, and it was kind of a, uh, because I, I kind of tried to subtly hint at it as much as I could for the last few years um, in radio and now and then in podcast form. I think the Flames, um, speaking of ceilings earlier in the show, I think the Flames hit their ceiling with Johnny Gaudreau. Like, I, I think that they kind of got the most out of what they were going to get with Johnny Gaudreau, and they probably got it a couple of years ago. Um, I think that he is an incredibly talented player, but I don't think he is best player on a championship team. I, I think he is really, really good, like, third player on a championship team. 
which is fine. Like that, that's not, I mean, guys are in the hall of fame based off of that. And maybe Gaudreau gets there, but, um, in terms of like the postseason where the, this team kind of needed to start to excel, um, Johnny wasn't it. So I, I, I introduced this segment that way because watching it last night, and having watched the Flames for, what is it, 45 games um, at the start of the season? Forgot how dangerous that dude was with the puck. You know, like, every time Johnny touches the puck, and this is only the second time we've watched it from uh, from a Flame standpoint, from a- an opposition lens, every time Johnny t- touched the puck, it felt like something dangerous was going to happen, right? And a-, a lot of times it did. I think he got three assists in the game, or was at least on the ice for three goals. Um, it felt like every time he had the puck, it was kind of a, Oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, oh thank god. You know? Um, and the thing that really caught me, and the thing that made me go, huh, this Calgary Flames team does not have that. You know, like, I, I do still think that for playoff time, this team is built a little bit better, um, and I think, given the chance to gel, this is still a very good hockey team. But they don't have that. They don't have one dude on this team where, when he has the puck, it's, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. They have a lot of good players, right? Like, Huberto incredibly creative. Nazem Kadri, excellent player, has been the Flames' best player for long stretches this season, right? But they don't have that. They don't have danger on every shift, and it's something I've talked about before. They don't have, I'm taking this game over guy. They, they have guys who you look back and, oh, that guy had a really good game, but it's a different feel to it when Johnny did it. It's a different feel to it when um, some of those other star players do it. And it doesn't feel that way with this Flames team right now. And so while I think, again, Huberto, really good hockey player. Kadri, really good hockey player. Lindholm, really good. Like, they have a bunch of really good hockey players. They're kind of missing a dude, though, you know? And Gaudreau is more of a regular season dude than um, a a playoff dude. But there's still a a bit of dude lacking on this Flames team team. Um, and lastly, this is the first time we've talked since Bruce Boudreaux was officially fired by the Vancouver Canucks. We're not going to go into that whole situation. It was disgraceful how they handled it. And the main thing I say, it is one of my favorite terms. It's loser teams doing loser team stuff. Like there is no part of that that was handled like this was a quality organization. You know, like that there is no part of any of that where you come away from it thinking, oh yeah, this team's got two hands on the steering wheel, don't they? Nuh-uh. There's zero part of this gives you any confidence in anything that the, the, the Canucks are doing. A, to have this out there so much. B, to just be willfully ignorant about how gross this roster actually is. And we've talked about Canucks roster construction before. To just be so blah about how bad this team actually is and how Bruce still might be getting the most out of them, which maybe is a problem for this Canucks group. Um, but it's just, it's whistling by the graveyard with this roster and it is just being so blind to the fact that you are taking a clear step down in the, the coaching tier. When you go from Bruce Boudreaux to Rick Tockett, um, maybe he will be successful in making this team more boring. But when you are looking at trying to maximize the value of guys like Elias Pettersson and Bo Horvat and Brock Besser and a couple of those guys only for a limited time, um, it just feels like this is once again an organization that is going the exact wrong direction. So that is it for all that. Now it is time after a brief uh, for today's ticket presented by Betstamp. Stamp. 
The studio sponsor for Coach Potato Diary is Clearwater Cleaning Solutions. They are your one-stop commercial and residential cleaning company based out of Calgary. They have a fantastic team ready to make your life simpler and easier by fulfilling all your cleaning needs. All right, it is time for today's ticket presented by Betstamp. Download the Betstamp app, use referral code COUCH to let them know that we sent you. Um, said before, say it again, it is the Travago of sports gambling. You get to see right in front of you all the lines for all of the games, um, and you have the opportunity to really see the value of line shopping and the value of going out there and having multiple different sports books. Download the Betstamp app, use the referral code COUCH to let them know that we sent you. Um, okay, we. I was thinking about getting ahead of it on the NFL uh, front, but I think we are going to still stick to Friday for uh, the NFL conversation. As we get into the National Hockey League conversation, today is Wednesday, so let's click over to the Wednesday portion of the schedule. Interesting slate on the schedule today. Uh, we will start with the Edmonton Oilers. They are taking on the Columbus Blue Jackets. One thing we are going to do is really go after bad teams here in the second part of the season. The Oilers minus uh, a goal and a half. It is at minus 150 at bet 365. There's even a couple of spots, Betway and Bet Victor, that have it at minus two and a half. So if you are thinking Columbus is going to keep this game close, plus two and a half, you can get a Bet Victor and Betway right now. They're actually at a number of different spots. Um, there's only a couple of books, 20 bet, Bet365, Bet99, um, Sports Interaction, Pinnacle, and William Hill Sportsbook. Oh, and Tony Bet that have the Oilers at minus one and a half. So we are going to get in on Oilers minus one and a half. The best place to do that is Bet365. Uh, so we are going to click on that one. Anything else from this NHL schedule that is kind of standing out to us this evening? I kind of like Dallas plus one and a half, but minus 250 is just too much to be giving up. Um, tempted to go with Toronto against the Rangers. We're going to, you know what? That's it for the hockey portion. Let's get into the National Basketball Association with uh, our picks here. Uh, we're going to go New Orleans Pelicans against the Minnesota Timberwolves. Pelicans are starting to get a little bit healthier. Uh, I think the Timberwolves continue to, to kind of fall off a little bit. Number of books have it at minus three, but we can get it at Betway at minus one or minus two and a half. So we are going to click on that one. So Pelicans minus two and a half is the play there. Scrolling through, is there anything else that we are liking on this schedule tonight? Uh, let's go Memphis Grizzlies. Grizzlies plus three and a half against the Golden State Warriors. Uh, if you fancy Golden State, they're at minus three at bet 99. Everywhere else has them at plus three and a half. So we go with the best number and that best number is at cool bet plus three uh, plus or sorry, minus 109 on that one. And that is going to do it. I do believe. Oh, did I not click on that? Yes, I did. Okay, we got that one. So we have three games on today's ticket today. From Bet365, we have the Oilers minus a goal and a half against the Columbus Blue Jackets. From Betway, we have the New Orleans Pelicans minus two and a half against the Minnesota Timberwolves. And the Memphis Grizzlies plus three and a half against the Golden State Warriors. We will click track. By the way, you can track all of my picks and all the expert picks on uh, the Betstamp app. That's another cool feature that they have. You can see a number of different expert picks, but you can also track how they're doing, see what sports that they uh, kind of specialize in. Download the Betstamp app, use referral code COUCH to let them know that we sent you. That is today's ticket, and that is today's show. Thank you all so much for tuning in. 
Shout out to Betstamp, download the app, use referral code COUCH. Shout out to Clearwater Cleaning Solutions, the studio sponsor for Couch Potato Diary. And shout out to you, I've been off for a couple of days. Greatly appreciate all the support. We've seen that the numbers are rising once again. So thank you all so much for downloading um, and for tuning in. You can get this Apple Music, Stitcher, uh, sorry, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher and Spotify, a number of other places I've never even heard of. So uh, thank you, thank you, thank you for all the support. Share it with your friends, subscribe to the podcast. Uh, it, it all just, it all helps. So thank you all so much. Uh, I will be back tomorrow, uh, trying to do the full week in three days. Uh, so we are going to be back tomorrow. Talk to y'all later.